Welcome to episode 115 of Tactical Crouch Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel. Yiska's back. Yay. He's back. Good to Be have back. you back. We you, you showed up last minute on Spike Drop with us. That was fun. I, then, I was like, you were you were just done. And then you you were like, nah, we're kind of late. Let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> I just drove six hours. You didn't have to. We very I think you, obviously gave you the the you opt out. Thank you. I think you did well enough for being exhausted. Yeah, we we like that's when the filters drop and when it gets entertaining and scary and very yeah, scary. The, the filters most definitely dropped. I think. I think uh, that was buckets. Quite, buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of buckets. <laughs> Stephen Curry. Yeah. Steve Curry. <laughs> Shout out uh, to anybody who uh got tired of that one this weekend. Not Lilac. Certainly not no, Lilac. No. Uh, in jokes at the beginning of a podcast that five percent of the people will understand. You just gotta show up to Being the, the games in the podcasting. weekend. You just gotta show up. True. You gotta know. You gotta That's be in the know. You, you gotta know. And then you know it too much because I never can shut up about these things. It's true. <laughs> Steve Curry is going to be our next piece of merch as well. You know, you're not going to you're not going to know the in joke if you don't if you don't show up to the games. Just saying. Also, don't so I don't get sued. But true. <laughs> okay. Don't Especially need any if you are not uh, over eighteen. True. Okay. Thank you. It's one way to start a show. Welcome to episode 115. Uh, we're going to get started. Uh, before we do, um, we just an update. We are so close to getting partnered on Twitch. Uh, we just fell a little bit short on um, one little metric. So we need to keep our concurrence up over 75 for the next month plus, And then uh, make sure we get 12 live streams in a month, which shouldn't be a problem because we do shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon Pacific at twitch.tv slash kick tripod. If you're able to come join us for the live show and meet a ton just to have you here. Uh, but we also really appreciate the additional concurrent view as well. They also look at things like uh, your subscribers and your bit donations and all that kind of stuff when they're factoring in. So we know uh, times are it's, it's 2020 basically. We know it's 2020 and um, but we do thank you for anybody who, uh, is able to support with subs or donations or anything else like that. Um, also, big shout out to our patrons. If you're like, hey, I, I want to support you, but I don't want to give Twitch and Amazon any more money. I don't blame you. Uh, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch and you can support the show right there. And we appreciate it a ton. And um, by the way, we don't thank any subs or donations or anything during the show. We thank them at the end of the show or before and after. So um, just in case, if you do in chat and you're like, why don't they say my name? I promise we were not intentionally, we were ignoring you, but not for anything other than to 
try to keep the show moving and flowing because um, you guys can be nuts sometimes. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, patreon.com slash tactical crouch. P- speaking of our patrons, big thanks to our patron producers, Battlecrab Pin, Lulchin, Charlie L. Audio, Compass, Pork Shop, Sammy, Kasha67, Kuchikopi, Shara Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Refined Bean, Rex Zane, Roger B, Fabled, o- or Fabled Stephen, Owen, and Chris R34444. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and let's get into the the stuff, yeah. The stuff. True. Yiske, you look you look like you have something on your mind right now. I I just thought like when you read that name, I just thought that is the code to crack. You just name become producer and name yourself seven hundred seventy seven quadrillion seven hundred seventy seven billion seven hundred seventy. I'm so glad we don't have text to speech for that particular reason. Some of them are actually <laughs> kind of funny, like the the text to speech like trolls. Like some of them are kind of funny, and some of them are just like yeah, just numbers on numbers on numbers on numbers. Yeah. I really like the one where it's like, get down. No, it's pretty funny. Wasn't there like one? Wait, where was this posted? Oh, yeah, you posted it in our group chat. Yiska is holding me hostage. Please send help. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't that guy be a patron? <laughs> oh, wait, is he a... Oh, is, uh, that's... Oh, I, I totally forgot. I think I totally forgot. I need to verify this right now. Stall. Stalling. Um. So... Tell how much your reasons I, I'm not holding anyone hostage. Unless you want to be held hostage, in which case I can provide that service, but probably for more than 25 bucks. <laughs> Is this are you soliciting anyone. right now? What? Are you soliciting some sort of like weird BDSM kink? Look, all I'm saying is I have an Amazon wish wish list. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to buy me Pop Tarts. Then I'm all for Is your wish list just full of Pop Tarts? No, actually, I've never had Pop Tarts and really? I kind of want to have Pop Yeah, we don't have Pop Tarts here. That's I mean, like people ask me, why do you have, don't have joy in your life? I, I expect <laughs> this is one of the reasons why Jones don't. Because you don't have Pop Tarts. Aren't Pop Tarts yeah. just like, like. You're what right. is it based? What kind of food would that based on? Pop tarts are extremely just shut up, but they're not based on pop. Okay. Extremely just okay. Uh yeah, I think I'd agree. Okay. So explain to me what a pop tart is. Is is it like creamy stuff in no, the middle, stop right? Stop it. No, it's like a stop it depends it. on what you get. It's like a jelly. Stop it. But not. We're it's like not. a thick jelly. Stop it. Mm. And like, like Jaffa cakes? <laughs> no. <laughs> not like Jaffa cakes. Well Okay. Back to our patron Here producers. We Here we go. Big thanks Over. to our yes. patron producers. Battlecrab Pin, Lotion, Charlie L, Audio Compass, Pork Chop, Sammy, Kasha67, Coochie Kopi, Sharp Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Refine Bean, Rex Zane, Roger B, Fabled Steven, Owen, Chris R34444, Yiska is holding me hostage. Please send help. All in one breath. Nailed it. And the added ones. There you go. Oh, man. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yiska is holding me hostage. Please send are... help is our most recent patron. I'm producer. so happy. You're my favorite patron. Don't tell the other ones. <laughs> I cannot believe they did that. Oh, man. <laughs> Too funny. You're not funny, Peggy, with this, by the way. Yes, you are, Peggy. Don't stop. Don't. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about... 
this weekend. And I don't, oh man, I don't even really know to start. You guys want to start in NA or Asia? Let's start in A so I can bang out my point and then make everyone mad. And then we can. Oh, you got some heat? Yeah, just like. You cook a little sriracha today? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you while life is meaningless, basically. All right. Okay. So we keep going. Let's go. Let's go from knockouts to finals. So we'll go left to right here. Sounds good. Um, I mean, we st we started off the whole weekend with Toronto Defiant, the second worst team in the league, right? Yeah. Second worst team in the league, upsetting yeah. the LA Valiant three to one, and uh, took them long is, enough, but they're here. The the last minute scrim rumors were true. We didn't get. We didn't get info on the scrim on no. Toronto until I think it was Thursday or Friday. Too so late, the show yeah. was already gone and, and posted. But uh, Yiska, Yiska bit on the intel. I don't think Joe and I did. I will say that same info was still relevant the week before. This team is just a Papega squad. Like, they, they should have by all rights beaten Dallas. Like... It, it's it's just yeah I think they know themselves like so you you're saying it's not like it's like a Houston thing where they can't translate or like they're actually doing really well behind the scenes but like once they get on the server I mean they kind of broke that by by the two upsets they had in the yeah totally showdown, I would right? say so I would say this builds a lot of confidence for them builds a lot of confidence for me in this team I think the morale's definitely boosted there mm -hmm. I think it's definitely meta dependent but gets you out of a slump it gets you out of like a, a negative mindset or at least helps to so yeah we should see some some decent performances out of toronto going forward hopefully sweet we'll see i mean Good it's stuff. taken them they, they made some changes um some personnel changes the previous two months so you know there's mm -hmm. there's some justifications i think um for what's kind of taking them but they're they, they've we've seen the upset now uh toronto defiant we i guess we have to ask Ask this question because um, so the Washington Justice the next game go ahead and they upset the LA Gladiators. Yeah, and now told you. Shut up. Now we have to ask Chengdu. Like, is, does that make Chengdu the worst team in the league? Does that uh, make it? Might it certainly might. Does that make might, Gladiators but... worse in the league? Right now, no, 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 no. I does don't that make so. are the Justice still the worst or the Boston? Boston? Yeah, I think Boston is back there. Sadly, yeah, yeah. I think I don't. I don't know what to think about Boston. We'll have to see because I we'll. Think I think we'll get a meta for them as well. Back. But yeah, I think it was just a weird meta. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected Genji to kind of come back. So not to this do? level, right? No. Like usually, um, yeah. usually you can kind of see when when they go when we go into no hero pool, we kind of see a couple teams who have like really outstanding Genjis. They're like kind of able to ride it through or whatever, and just kind of like force it. But um, clearly, wasn't the case that you need. It wasn't something that you needed to force to be good. It was just good. Yeah, very good. It was very good. Uh and it's it's always very hard to estimate like how good Chengdu is. Um, in comparison uh, I think to the lower season. NA teams, 
I will say there's a good argument to be made. And of course, like, what does that even mean? Because, like, a team is indivisible from the region it plays in. So if we were to say, like, we would have to make a distinction between putting Chengdu in, in a this week and putting gen, uh, Chengdu generally into an A and then them also learning alongside the other NA teams and where they would be. So <laughs> I think generally speaking, Asia was a little behind NA in the I meta. So. Like they were late to get to the, to the Genji. Um, yep. and, and it showed in the, even in the finals performance, which we'll get to. But like, I think if you compare the two finals or you compare like even like the semifinals and the finals to one another, I think... And a like clearly the better region at like the top, yeah, right now at least. Yeah, so what a time to be alive! What a time! Um, it's a fun time, at least in Overwatch. It is. This was so. I think we saw somebody. I think it was Eric who said, uh, peak concurrence over 85k at one mm, point. Yeah, not um, bad. So, really nice. strong numbers there. I wanted to. So, this is like obviously very anecdotal but like i was really excited to tune in this whole weekend um nice. which is not always the case even when you're doing a podcast about it, you're just kind of like uh toronto valiant really yeah round of 12 was kind of sleeper justice was kind of fun houston was kind of fun paris was like Defiant yeah. was kind of fun. Like, it was just a fun event overall. Like, you really, really you went good. into it, kind of thought you knew what you were talking about, and then you were like, nope, no idea, actually. So, I'll just enjoy the ride. So, it was a good time. Oh, correction, 85K was May Mayway. I know I saw, I know I for sure saw it at 65K at one point. 85K on May Melee, wow. Still, even if we even touch, like, that's around great. that number. That's like, that shows a clear, signs. like, revival in, in kind of just viewership and interest in it, and giving these... Who would have thought giving games more stakes uh, makes it more fun to watch? Um, yeah. Tournaments and understanding the consequences of every game. And it's great. Can, can I know party poop so we can therefore have the counterbalance and really appreciate the final bracket? Okay. Be because you remember the argument that I had where everyone was big disagreeing with me how predetermined games were ah yeah i tell you if you have scrim knowledge and i never have complete scrim knowledge but of yeah, the of scrim course. games i do uh-huh it's on rails dude it's like uh it, it, it's exactly how you uh, do you see the train coming and unless the pepega squad derails itself then like it's it's very very uh predictable of course there are some uh, exceptions always but like, generally speaking, you you see the relative strength. You see the type of types of comps they're running. You maybe you even hear how these comps interact with each other, unbeknownst to these teams. Mm. And then it's like on game performance, on game day performance, really doesn't have that much to do with the outcome anymore. And I would still argue it's less than in goats. Like the variance of what teams were capable of doing and turning around on game day and thus the predictability, even given perfect scrim knowledge, was higher in GOATs. And of course, that doesn't mean anything to, towards, the, um, towards the general viewer because nobody has access to scrim, uh, mm. scrim footage and uh, 
I think maybe for like teams that have very, uh, very special scrim bubble uh, constellations, um, then th they probably have a very good idea how this tournament will go and can uh, prep accordingly. But otherwise, it's like um, there was once a young man who said, "Damn, it has dawned upon me that I am a creature that moves in predestined grooves. I'm not even a bus. I'm a tram." That's how it feels. Total determinism in these initial brackets. And then, of like, ignorance is bliss, guys. Don't learn anything about this. At best, don't lead, read any predictions of people that know. And then you will be surprised. Like, and this man is still listening to K pop, by the way. It's actually not K pop, but doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that. I don't like I don't I mean I I don't know that I can disagree because it's like okay every like okay to take Giska's idea and synthesize it it's you know if you can see scrims or any kind of scrims you like you should be able to very easily predict the outcome which is fair enough right okay controversial thought is that a bad thing I don't know that even it, if it's good or bad it's just a thing what's wrong with it I mean the the thing is that I I'd like to see more like on game like that just means that individual okay. performance and outbreak performances on the game day like the the hmm. type of natural random number generator that is the skill level of each individual player matters less so like things like that overcome the human condition of like just yeah. I don't know anxieties. And no, I know like, what you mean. I know what you mean, right? Like the, these these aspects are a little bit in the the background because fundamentals and fundamental understanding of these compositions and just like the composi compositions itself, and to a certain degree also the scrim structures that you have and when you get this knowledge and that type of stuff that really determines uh, winners and those swing like it's once again these teams like the. the this tournament looks completely different if the Genji buffs don't go live and we still have uh, Ash Tracer. That doesn't, like in oh, those yeah. cases, I would def definitely say Valiant goes further. Yeah, and I would yeah. definitely say that uh, Florida goes further. So, in that sense, um, it feels very meta determined. And that in itself may feel unsatisfying to some, though I do agree, like if, you, if you're not bothered by it and you just want to see good games and then also of course as we will go into now it really didn't matter towards the uh semi-finals on sunday oh. all games on sunday were Thanks. very entertaining well like yeah the P philly and the toronto thing yeah like the further the series went it was yeah. problematic yeah other than that it was pretty entertaining i mean even in asia too it's like semi-finals were kind of mm. and then finals weren't bad at all but yeah, I, again, I think we're still seeing like small residual effects from hero pools and because we've artificially lowered, I think, the skill ceiling. And, and it kind of comes down to getting getting there fast, getting there early and then refining it as much as you can now in the two weeks. Um, it's kind of like a weird middle ground. 
yeah it, it everything feels a little bit more meta specific everything feels like it's a little bit more asterisks where it's like okay if if things played out slightly differently in the pools granted there is no pools right now even though that kind of is a pool in and of itself because yeah we haven't had to you know we've only had basically the, the league's only had two weeks to like play out this patch so like mm. in a way that's kind of its own hero pool still yeah. um i don't know yeah it's not a bad thing it's kind of just is a thing also uh, we don't know bands yet right so no, those no. are probably only come, come back next and that's once again a good change that we have to uh, commend the Overwatch League for because that once again gives people to time to really rest because just like dry scrimming yep. doesn't doesn't make much much sense in this week. And also keep in mind we have interviewed several coaches here. All of them have said the week before these tournaments because of the stakes, because of the no hero pools and the size of the. Uh, map pools is extremely stressful so this week is very very important in order for them to recuperate yeah that's yep. kind of I, I think that's like the big i think that's going to be the big takeaway from hero pools is like work efficiently but you need to do it healthily so finding finding that that rest is important um yeah. so I think on the surface of it, I don't want to change topics too hard, but on the surface of it, in the knockouts, yeah, to the casual viewer, or the, the average viewer, not even the casual viewer, it, it looked like two and a half to three of four out upsets, right? Uh, would you say that's fair? Is that two and a half out of four? Two and a half yeah, out I of four. I think there were four, four upsets in the entire bracket, I would say, right? Like Friday had three. And then Saturday had one. Well, okay. To you, that might be. To, I, I mean, to the general public. Okay. Right? So to the general, let, let's go. Th we can go through yeah, those. Yeah, let's look um, at the so, so let's look at Friday first. So yeah. definitely Defiant over Valiant. Definitely yeah, Justice over Gladiators. Yeah. Upset. I would say Houston over Mayhem. Most people put Mayhem over Houston and are expected that to be there, so um, yeah. that makes sense. Um, so that's my yeah. that's my half there, and then, um, but you could easily call it three, and then Paris over Fuel was I think pretty expected, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Then you had Defiant over uh, Rain. So Defiant over Rain. That's okay. unexpected, right? Yep. Yep. So that's four. And then you have Rain the only one. over Shock. Or sorry, not Rain. Uh, no. Eternal over Shock. Yeah, yeah. Eternal over Vancouver. He's looking at the upsets. We're going, oh, to, the, we're going to semifinals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. We're semifinals. talking about upsets. And yeah. On that's Sunday. A, that's an upset, yes. Yeah, on Sunday. That was an upset. So And five, then yeah. I would say grand finals is honestly probably... On paper, I mean, an upset. I think at that point, the writing yeah. was on a, the wall for a lot of people yes. who were ready to say, no, 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 Paris is a good enough team right now to to take the bracket. Yeah, I but wouldn't say the finals is an upset. I, yeah. would, I, I would say to the average viewer, I feel like it, it, it felt like even just, I mean, imagine you haven't watched Overwatch League until the tournament started. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, yes. beats. In, in itself, like if if you tell these viewers the 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 narrative of like Paris just 
like beat out the San Francisco Shock, a team, as Joe has pointed out sure. in this piece before, who haven't missed a grand final since since stage one or si since season one, essentially. Uh, for the first time, that team should be a scary team in order to make well, that stage step, right? one of 2019. Right. Yeah. I mean, they not season one. No, no, they they made all uh, season two finals. So the last final they yeah. didn't make was oh, season, was one. season one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See that this is how I politically frame it to make the point more impressive. Yeah. Because we have a six months off season, and when we say, "Oh, we have to go all the way back to 2018 for them to not make a final," yeah, that we we can lie and more make impact, our point more better. Yeah, that's a little white that's how we do it here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that I mean, in, in I think with that idea, and then um, like it, yes, it was it was of course close, like very mm. very close. So. Um, but still, winning against the Shock should should give you a nice boost. You can still think, especially with how dominant the f uh, Fusion were, that they maybe were the um, the favorite. I, I'm not mad about anyone having any inclination, any yeah. direction. Anyway, uh, at what, that point, it would have probably, for me, been very fifty fifty. Yeah, I think there's kind of like. If if you watch all the games, your power rankings or your your relative strengths throughout the tournaments are kind of hopping up and down, right? Based on who's winning, who's losing, how well they're performing in their wins or their losses, and um, but I think just at the end of the day, you go and look at like imagine a month from now, you go back and look and see Paris beats, you know, Paris beats or yeah, Paris beats Philly. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, that was an upset. We will remember because we talked about it for an hour on a, on a Friday. But in the same way where it's like uh, Outlaws over Florida is an upset. Yeah. Largely because of Florida's performance in the previous tournament. Yeah. And it's... It's it's also like if you just look at the seats, eighth seat making it to the final. What's up that yeah. with that versus third uh, seat? Like if you just tune in, don't know anything about the teams. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all. That's all. So um, any any big takeaways from these big from the knockout games at all, or do we want to jump to <sighs> something else? What's wrong with glides? Oh yeah, that's a good question. What do we do yeah. with this team? <sighs> it, it's not even like a super state anymore. It's it's not some sort of like Schrodinger's team. This, this team's just not good right now. Yeah. Maybe it's the meta. Maybe like with Brig coming out of the meta, granted, I think I want to get more into this on Wednesday, but with Brig leaving for the countdown cup, basically. Well, I, do we kind of have to soft reset and maybe Glads gets bumped back up because maybe we don't get another kind of like protect the the flanker meta like i don't know i i don't know what to do with this team right now the, the thing is if you think about the elements of the gladiators right yeah okay so they're not like super super stack they're not a super team i wouldn't say yeah i don't know i kind of don't hate that though and in a in a sense like if you look at their coaching staff if you look at their infrastructure their uh, resources available they're like 85 percent of what you conceptualize the shock as and yet their their 
performance nowhere near this nowhere near nowhere so what we can say is like building this house with the best bricks isn't isn't the full story you need no. some uh, uh see this is where I, is it what's what's between the, the cinder blocks joe mortar. Build a house mortar cement mortar Order. cement cement yes um you need something to hold that stuff together and yeah. to also align them uh in a way and i feel like one guy started building the wall and then in the middle of it it's like uh, that actually doesn't fit because the other guy started building here and now we have to match like the cinder block like uh, uh, vertically and like um is uh, it's all a little wonky, but they are very good cinder blocks if we're thinking about them. And sure. also the highest quality, the the craftsmen that do the job there also all highly qualified. It's just mm. like it, it doesn't make much sense. While the team like the shock completely banks, right? So, um, so you're saying the gladiators are architecture done by committee. I, I don't know what's going wrong. I actually have no I, insights, I, and it's really genuinely. weird. It's probably the strangest team. Like, even going into this season, I was like, oh, I have my questions. I don't think I'd even question them this far, though. Like, put seeing them fall to the Justice, who, there again, were suited for this meta. Like, did well. We're going to do well. <sighs> this should have been closer at the very least. I don't know. It's a very confusing team. I will say the brick brick is a problem. Like yeah. brick goose wasn't very briggy. Nope. If you so it's not that, uh... that in itself is maybe a, a just um, distinctive uh, problem for this team. Um, other than that, like the, the, the yeah, it, it should just be better. It should at least like there's no reason why they shouldn't out outperform the valiant, and it's weird and. Uh, Oh. Yeah, but it, the good news for the gladiators is, as soon as they get it together, and still make the play-ins, they are a dark horse team just based on the quality of the yeah. roster that they have. They just need to get it together, and it doesn't like we haven't seen it. Like mm. they've thoroughly lost the quality of they at least beat the teams they should after losing to Boston and Washington now. So what gives? What what's going on there? Mm. And uh, it's it's kind of sad because I feel like we're missing like an important team that's like the the bridge between like the top teams and the mid tier teams where they should be. Yeah, uh, which would right. also make that type of competition in that regard, like let's say the fifth to eighth team, um, much more competitive than than it is right now. But yeah, Do you think it, that Atlanta might have me. fallen? Might have fallen and is now that team? I think Atlanta are, are better than Gladiators, but they're also not convincing. Like, no. um, at least like I'm not mad at them for losing to Toronto, but Tor because Toronto was a legitimately good team in this patch. Like. Yep. For instance, Florida would have hundred percent also lost uh, against Toronto. No questions asked. Do you think? Um, do you think though that Atlanta is kind of that gatekeeping team from kind of the B? I'd like, say so. The the basically what we are used to at the role that LA Gladiators have played in Overwatch League 
seasons past of this, like not quite top tier team, but better than, you know, the, the next tier kind of thing. They were kind of those gatekeepers and consistent and the, you know, rain, They've only really, like, outside of this loss to Defiant, I would have to go back and look specifically at the Atlanta Reign. Um, but I feel like they haven't really had Lost any major upsets that weren't top teams or, like, you know, like top six, seven teams, probably. Yeah, yeah they feel like the gatekeepers. They did just lose be, to just LA Gladiators, though, as we say that. Yeah, they lost to Gladiators, they lost to, uh, okay, I mean, Valiant, I'm not mad. Uh, they did Fusion, lose to the Rain. Fusion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still pretty okay. And it really depends. Like, it, once again, this is all highly contextual to the metas, uh, mm -hmm. who we'll see, right? Yeah. So, um, it's also hard to just pinpoint uh, where they are in these specific metas and what's what the future will hold. The rest of their, okay, I mean, once again, it depends on what kind of a meta falls, but for instance, Valiant seems to be hurting, so I want Atlanta mm. to beat them in an upcoming game. Florida is not on top, unless we're going back to Ash Ash Tracer. Um, the, the, after that, they have Boston, that should be winnable. Then Fuel, depending on what kind of a meta we have there, that should be winnable. Like... They yep. still have a lot of games to play, to be fair. Like, they're one of the teams that have played the least amount of games. So they definitely need to play some catch-up. The only really hard ones are Paris Eternal and then Shock. I don't think those are... Oh, I don't know. Like, as teams, I think in... Most of the semifinals, I think you only saw like good teams that are going to like be good across like a wide number of metas with like Toronto and possibly, I mean, Asia is tough because they have such a smaller like pool to choose from. But I think Toronto's probably the only team that made it to semifinals that felt like they peaked. Whereas like sure. you hit a ceiling because of the meta and it's like, OK, that should instill some confidence and you should see some better performances because of this, you know, this finish. But where do you go next? It's tough to call because you've been so dire in a number of metas previous. Um, Shock and Paris and Fusion all feel good locks to be good in Especially a, with a wide number of metas. Yeah. yeah. If, I don't know if they're going to reach finals and win the countdown cup, you know, but they should do fine. Like, they should do well. Before we get completely off Atlanta, like, yeah. I like based on the tweet that baby bay made i kind of want to highlight that and i think he deserves that too yeah there are very very few glow-ups like like he had and really the only ones i can think of that were at this magnitude are probably the paris guys like nico and ben best mm. other than that i feel like across overwatch league history which admittedly is not very long but that that improvement came out of nowhere and he legitimately is ahead of, like, should be played ahead of top-tier talent like Sharp and Edison on a lot of these hitscan heroes. Yep. Of course, as we saw uh, during, the, uh, during these matches, like, Edison is more of a flex DPS than we thought. Yeah. So he's not just a Widow God, but he's like, 
this this Genji player as well, who can play an aggressive for Genji. So, mm. um, sort of interesting, but yeah, in terms of baby base career, like if this was to be the end, he made it a great run at the end. Yeah, and fantastic. Like, that's that's going out on top. Sadly, his team couldn't keep up with his speed. But it it wasn't due to him that his team is currently not a top five team in in uh, in the world. So, heads off to that. Yeah, I think even like remembering him back on like the shock in twenty twenty eighteen, right? Like came out and had some some very surprising performances. If anything, I think you could look at that, you know, apply a little bit of you know fan sauce to it, and you know maybe you've always been high on Baby Bay. I think his goat's performance definitely took him down a couple rungs and yep. at least in my mind, but seeing him return to kind of comfort picks and dedicated hit scan roles looks fantastic. I want one of the, one of the better, you know, Western hit scan players, um, probably in history, I would say. Yeah. I've Up always there, been, sure. I think I've always been pretty optimistic about, Baby Bay overall as a player and just not really the situations he got thrown into. Like, I think he was by virtue of how the roster was built itself, or maybe it was like the reluctance of Sefi or whatever. We saw him kind of play in some heroes where it made him look, I think a lot worse than he was as a player. And he's got a deep, a deep hero pool. I mean, we saw, we've seen it this season, right? Like it's not, just hit scan players or whatever they, that he can play. And we've seen him flex um, quite a bit. So it's It's going to be sad to have him take off, I think, but I don't know. I don't did. Has he said where he's going? No, no I think it's fairly obvious. I think that that was an interesting interaction on Twitter. Did you see that? Between him and Corey. Yeah, him and Corey. Yeah. <laughs> you want to sign uh, me to phase? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I think it's like if I'm if I'm reading the tea leaves, I think his talents are suited immensely for for Valorant, and I think he'll do very well mm. in in that game. So L- let me ask though, do you think would you recommend him to uh, call it quits now? Or would you recommend him to sit out the season for two more months and over however long we're going and uh, keep playing? I mean, it depends. Like, it, it, it kind of comes down to the, the person. Like, do you want to keep playing? Are you interested in continuing to play? It's not like the team's going to... I mean, the team is going to suffer because of it, but it's not like they have to, like, immediately replace you. Like, Yeah, they have plays. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he's probably stuck out as long as like he could feasibly take it before he just like was going to get burnt out at least i would hope or imagine are you um, Yusuke, yeah. are you asking from like a like a financial perspective an emotional health perspective maybe just an aggregate of everything even though much of it is like hidden from us right because yeah. like if i think about it just the opportunity and what i would would want to look back at when I'm older. Like, where are the meaningful achievements that I will look back on in 20, 30 years and think, uh, this decision was good 
and it facilitated me towards having a legacy or like mm. having um having left these uh or having made these uh, important experiences right so mm. um i think we're we're getting close to the to the heat of the moment in terms of um overwatch league um and <laughs> we haven't had a full i mean there's still a lot of as we pointed out atlanta still has to play a lot a ton of games i think yep. nine games and then the the countdown and then uh at, at best also the the um season playoffs so there's probably roughly still let's say 16 to 18 games to be played at best for him which is roughly half a season i mean in, in, in a general sense eight remaining games Eight remaining games, then yeah, okay, and then uh, countdown cup is, I mean, three games at best. Is it three games? Three, four games at best, right? Four games, yeah. and then you have season playoffs with play-ins possibly for them as well. Yeah. So yeah, we we're A looking lot at still the finish. Yeah, that we're looking at at least like fifteen games uh, to finish, and that's a lot. I can un sort of understand why that feels like it's not we're not on the home stretch for Atlanta yet. Well, um, their their next five their next five matches right now is they have zero matches against um, teams in the top six currently in the league. It's uh, Valiant, Mayhem, Uprising, Fuel, Eternal. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, there's still some some stressful bangers in there. Like I feel like, yeah, you can say that, but I also feel like Bang is a hard game. Florida could be oh, a there, hard there game. There's still hard games Dallas because be like using yeah. using standings right now is kind of a disingenuous ar yeah. argument to begin with, right? But um, it's those are also very much winnable for a, a rain team that does find a way to turn it around yeah. or perform, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I don't know. Like he probably knows best, um, and of course, like it, it's just um, I I like I selfishly like to see more of Baby Bay in this form. That's that's all I'm trying to express. Sure, think he's think he's done a bang up job with Atlanta. Hats off to him on wherever he goes next. Uh, wish him well. Also, amazing job on the spreadsheet, by the way, uh, to Eric. For he's got he they put together a uh playoff race spreadsheet and we've got elos a relative elo rank um the, the number of remaining games their next five opponents their current win loss plus bonus records um their like remaining strength of schedule type stuff all right here so that we can like easily digest it on the show so um Eric is giving me a little bit more time to understand. Uh, a few, a few of the columns yet that I don't fully, I don't fully get, but um, that's because I'm big dumb. What, so, what do you need to? to uh, the I forget what the MC rank stands for. Um, MC that's the MC is Monte Carlo. Uh, the Monte Carlo. Thank you. That was driving me nuts. Monte Carlo simulation. Simulation and this is the pro like this is the most likely outcome for everyone. So dragons are the most likely team to be uh, uh, first it. in the 
in the league, then Shock are the most likely to be second, Fusions are the most likely to be third, and so on. Got it. So Rain right now are most likely to be ninth. Yes. And 0% in Monte Carlo puts them in the top six. Yes. 92% in the top 12. So that makes it impossible for them to be top six, unless it's rounded. And it's theoretically mathematically possible let's think about this i think this. it's mathematically possible because we've got like a skull and crossbones um e, so it's like a yeah a, a, some zero yeah so it's rounded to zero but not technically zero yeah to be f yeah maybe it's actually impossible even though maybe they can surpass no at best i think they can surpass uh well that, that, that I think they have to win more. bonus wins. They have to get three, three oh, bonus wins. Oh, it doesn't rims. count CC. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have to win, and then also Excelsior and uh, the Mayhem would have to lose a bunch. Yeah. And then it would still be possible. Yeah. Which so. seems unlikely, to be fair. So totally they're probably unlikely. going... Yeah, they're probably going uh, into the top 12. And... That is also very likely that they're going to make it. So, yeah, Fair. they will have to play a ton of games still. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Paris Eternal as we wrap it up on the NA side. So, Paris, I think, was you know another surprise. I don't think anybody on this show has doubted how good they can be, but I don't know if we expected them to whip out back to back wins against the Shock and the Fusion. At least coming into the week. Oh, I, I won't make the entire argument uh, that I made today in today's article. Um, and I basically wrote a piece based on the event of what transpired this weekend. Um, and asked what is, how meaningful is the, the description of Rookie, really, in this league? Yeah, I read that article, like, by the way. Really good. Is, is, is like... Was the old runaway really rookies when they already competed at the absolute tippy top of like Overwatch esports in Apex? Is that really like, and then have been competing since 2016, most of them together? And like, is that really a rookie? And then also, like, you, th you think in other sports, like, if someone gets rookie of the year, it's like, well, one day, boy, if you keep this up, you can be a superstar, but it's not yeah. guaranteed. And it, like, now it's like, oh, you're a rookie. So if you go rookie of the year, you automatically should be considered as MVP. It's, there's no meaningful division anymore. Like, it's not like Carpe or DK or um, who else is in there? Fleda have meaningful separation in terms of skill level that they've earned through experience between these players. No, like... Someone like if, if someone like Sparkle came into this league, he could absolutely in his first year yeah. just clap it all. And um like that's why like the rookie experiences, like the 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 only I, I raise the argument, the only real rookie experiences that I've had in Overwatch were GC Busan with their Royal Road. They came in, slapped. Yeah. So that's a that's a rookie that then also did great stuff. Mm. And then Jonak, because he didn't have much competitive Take, yeah. experience before that. 
that's a rookie, right? Like the rest that come into the Overwatch League had pretty meaningful tier one experience, whatever tier one was beforehand. And then in season two, there were still rookies coming in from a ton of rookies coming in with Apex experience. And now we are slowly getting to the area where, for instance, I wrote an article about Yaki, who how he is like the last of Apex, yeah. last of the Apex monsters that are entering this league. But still, like this, it, it, I can't help but feel this is a semantic battle against devaluing the, the uh, level of contenders, which really isn't so different. And I think a lot of people would just shake their heads if there were open competitions between contenders teams and uh, the top tier contenders teams and the top, uh, and, and the, let's say, just below top tier teams in, in OWL. How close that would be. And then I asked, like, what, okay, what, what is the meaning of? A rookie team. If a team led by a, a rookie that just 36 days ago in his very first final can walk into this final and slap fools with his four other rookie friends. What does that mean? What does what of what value is experience in Overwatch? What like is it a meaningful <sighs> distinction to be a rookie? It's it's tough because it's like, okay. I think most people, myself included, would agree that a lot of this is semantic and that already gives you a lot of gray area. So you kind of have to have like a hard and fast rule. Either everybody's a rookie or nobody's a rookie. So, for instance, right, you take somebody like FD God, who obviously has quite a career going back to EU, EU contenders, doing well in World Cup, coming in. Do you value his resume the same as Sparkles? No. So, no. If that's the case, then it has to be one or the other. You can't have both. You can't just pick and choose who's a rookie or who's not. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't I, I, like that Sparkle's a rookie, but that's just the, that's the, thing. the crossroads they My went. My conclusion is just rookie of the year shouldn't be a, such a meaningful award that everyone holds in high regards. There should be more functioning, uh, like, awards that that we should look at like for instance and sure. we're going to do this by the way we we got to sit down because overwatch league is not going to do this and we got to figure it out for ourselves but how about uh, uh, an award of most improved player sure how is that a, not an, a, a meaningful distinction that is like oh, it's tough too it, it's tough but it's like it's a really important topic because like what what do you what people should take away from this is that like some people win the battle against themselves. And that's a meaningful narrative to tell to people that some of those didn't give up and kept uh, developing. Like how, how, who's the most successful? The guy that has all the talent in the world, has all the uh, access to like the best practice facilities, the best yeah. coaches is, becomes then the best player or the kid that plays on his laptop with 30 FPS somehow makes it into the Overwatch League and then maybe just makes it to a final of one of those um, uh, like, I don't know, like May Mealies. What is success? Right? And I, f I feel like this is while we still can of course champion the absolute top yeah, that perform the best we should also highlight these these uh stories more and maybe not make it so much about this rookie aspect when when it is essentially meaningless and to be fair the the introduction of ro of role stars i feel like 
that, that's a weird thing for me that we're talking so much about rookie of the season mm-hmm. and why we're not talking that much about role stars in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think even looking at like MVP right now is tough. Like there's just so many good there's so many players that like naming an MVP and how rotation based this whole metagame and yeah. hero pools has been like you don't have somebody kind of just like lasting the entire season and just being an absolute monster. Like very few players haven't very been few. like kind of subbed out and changed and tweaked and whatever. Um, rookies. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. Like it's not, it feels like another one of those traditional sports things where it's like, Oh, you know, if the NFL has it, then we got to have it. Cause we're the NFL and we got to be on TV and we got to, you know, sell the merch and we got to geolocate. Like it, it's like, again, it goes back to that giant narrative kind of like how owl was developed was, we're going to be traditional sports, but in video games. Um, and at some point, the rookie of the year will matter. Hopefully um, we will get like contenders talent or, or the league will get to a point where contenders really doesn't compete. And then you can see them come in and have breakout performances and that'll matter. But I think it's it's going to take a long time for that to happen. So I don't think it will ever happen, but uh, that's a topic for another time. But <laughs> I, I make the argument, like, that's the reason why you should read the article, because yeah. the, the topic is really about two things. A, why Rookie of the Year is not that important, uh, or shouldn't be that, like, a forefront argument, or, like, topic that people, people discuss. Mm-hmm. The second reason is why these rookies are uh, as good as they are. And, like, really looking at the, um, the different arguments... Uh, that structurally Overwatch just facilitates this narrative to rise. And I named like arguments from gatekeepers to datekeepers in terms of like eligibility ah. to, um, to um, uh, like the ever-changing nature of the game and stuff like that. So that's True. like the, these arguments, I think... Uh, make you Overwatch unique over any other sport because, like, if you look at basketball or football, nobody in this league is going to peak at twenty-seven, my dude. <laughs> like, mm. Namlock might be legitimately the only archetypical athlete that t- peaks at twenty-seven that we will ever have in this league. He's yeah. he's he's like Namlock the sports. If we're thinking about it, nobody else like. In no other sport, or very, very few cases, even in esports, does like a player peak at exactly 18, 19. Unless they're like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it doesn't really happen. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't thought about like how often the game gets changed, how structurally the game changes. Like there always just will be a rookie, almost team. If, if we continue down this path, there will always be just like incredibly strong rookie talent that doesn't get brought yeah. up. And will always just kind of dominate. The problem is, is that could you hand wave it away by saying that they're playing in a weaker region, right? Like if a team from Pack came in, dominated everybody in Pack, and then was signed to the Overwatch League, is that the same as dominating Korea? It's not. It's just not. I don't know. It's it's tough. Rookie discussion, it, it's it's very semantic based. It's it's about what you decided is. And I guess the owl team just decided that they were just going to start it with the Overwatch League and 
everybody that's else. That's why. That's why, like get. the like the ultimate argument towards this is is yeah. it's too complicated to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Let's look elsewhere. So is your right. conclusion to, agree, that you'd like to just have it removed? Mm, we can have it like just like give I mean, someone, I mean, at the end just to make it one of the main trophies. Or awards are yeah. awards, right? Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think you can though. To be honest, I don't think you can keep it. Like if if we're saying, if you're saying you need the community to kind of like back off of it, I don't think they're going to. I don't think that you can separate. I don't think you can explain the context well enough to like get through to them that this really doesn't mean what you think it means. So I think it's either got to go or it just remains one of the staple words. That's that's another argument that I make is that it, in many ways the the discussion around rookie of the year feels like people are just like okay okay I want to I want to talk about good players okay. So MVP, oh my god, there's like 30 players. So let's cut it down and just like make rookie of the year arguments because that's much more manageable than it's only but it's like not, 12 though. names. I mean, I mean, I guess. Like every rookie of the year to a degree also would have to be considered at least in some margin to be As an, uh, MVP? an MVP candidate. Yeah. So, so definitely. Um, yeah, it feels like a lot of like, okay, let's cut off half of the argument so it's manageable for me uh, and i don't like have to because let's be honest the hero pools has made it so that there's no clear mvp candidate and yeah. arguably there have never been as many mvp candidates as there now i would agree. Mm-hmm. would agree i also wonder if it doesn't kind of balance itself out over time like we're in year three, right, of Overwatch League. There's still a ton of undiscovered talent. There's still a ton of turmoil in tier two. And yeah. uh, you know, in five, six, seven years, does that change a ton when hopefully this is a lot more normalized? Hopefully we've got some sort of structure to tier two. Hopefully we've got some sort of understanding. So you don't you don't have people who have been playing since Apex season two still waiting for their shot in Overwatch League and would be a phenomenal talent. I'll tell you, I don't think it will ever stabilize. Nope. I, like, hopefully I get to write that article tomorrow, but I'm, I'm going to make some people very scared with, with the hypothesis that I have there about where the game is moving. And it's kind of far-fetched, and I don't want to give it away, but... I don't think Overwatch has settled even at the most fundamental levels what it wants to be. Oh. Okay, nope. but that's that's different though than like <laughs> I don't having think having a ste- having all players, new players having come through a system before Overwatch League existed. Sure. But then it's just like we start from a completely new game. All everything is off the table. Nothing matters anymore. Like depending on the and I, I don't want to give it away, which makes this conversation awkward, and I shouldn't have brought it up, but, like, <laughs> there are changes where it's, like, does everything matter before this at all? Yeah. Does, does pre-rollock matter post-rollock? You could, I feel like there's a very strong argument to just discredit all that history. It's a different game. Yeah. Does pre-hero yeah. pools matter post-hero pools? Different game. You could just completely hand wave it and say none of this matters. I, I don't I like. Think- I think there's a solid argument that uh, changes come in that is way more severe than yeah. those changes we're talking about. But yeah. we'll see. 
I'll scare some people tomorrow. Of based on also absolutely zero juice, me just being a tea leaf reader. Yeah. Do you know what All I'm right. talking about, Joe? I think I'm. I think the I've four? been on that wavelength. The f oh, uh, yeah. But I, I think just like generally speaking, I, I agree with. I think the conclusion. I don't think I'm. I care about what what change is made. I think there probably will always be change until something drastic happens with this game. Like it has to be like a serious like upheaval, and that upheaval will kind of stabilize like stabilize but we've seen so much that i don't know that we'll ever get there i know that was like really really dumb and convoluted but yeah i don't know there's been so much like fundamental change that i don't know that we'll ever get a stable game yeah that doesn't just fundamentally change so like everything yeah. just gets thrown up in the air every like month or two yeah i don't know I don't know. And it's not just patch changes. Like, it's not like, oh, well, Genji's good here. Genji's not good here. You can hand wave it. No, no. I'm talking about like fundamental, like, you can't pick these heroes. You can't pick this, like, the game modes change or like just like the way that you play the game is different. That if you were to extrapolate that farther, you have a completely different history, right? Like, mm. that kind of things. Patch changes, you know, little game changes, you know, you look at League of Legends and they change the jungle. That matters. Vision, like, the, the way that they've kind of borked vision definitely matters. And I would, I think there's an argument there, but we don't, we're not doing a podcast about League of Legends. Um, yeah. I think we're the only game that really sees that much change and it really makes you question history. Yeah. I want so to go I, back to my I agree. Long, short answer, I agree. I want to go back to, uh, yes, I want to go back to, to the bracket <laughs> and then I want to talk about Yusuke's article on Wednesday. Mm. And because it's coming out tomorrow, so then we'll be good to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Anything else we want to, do we, have we spent enough time or any time really on eternal uh, versus eternal shock and e what well, just eternal in general? Have we, have we spent enough time talking about uh, the Barris eternal who honestly looked really incredible, even though that they were two yeah. very close series. I mean, Holy cow. Um Yeah. I I think we need to spend some time because yeah I already I know you guys it would be in the YouTube comments how are you not talking about the best weekend ever in Overwatch and I'll say for now I can't judge because I haven't seen the finals yet I only yeah. saw Shock you need to see the, you Paris. need to see the finals um I'm I'm uh can I can I spoil skeptical? you a little bit sure like when's the last time you've seen a game go down to the last fight. Seven shock moth, like the moth moment on Rialto. Atlanta yeah. rain. Yeah, but I mean, there goes that kind point. of kind of long ago. Yeah, it's, it's kind of long ago. Yeah, and even before that, though, like it these these moments don't happen a lot, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the point. Yeah, this is one of those matches. Okay. You, you, it goes down to the final fight. You have no idea which way it goes until. The moment happens, and then, yeah, great games. I, I I would easily put this weekend, if not like the final, in in like a pantheon esque like top five of all time. Probably wouldn't be. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't thought too much on it. Based off of last month's um, Dynasty Shanghai Reverse Sweep. 
Uh, I mean, that one's probably up there, too. Um, I'd say this one's better. Again, like, this went down to the final home. Um, and even before that, it could have ended in... Again, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, multiple moments this game could have ended, and then some magic happens. So, it's up there. It's up there. Who's stronger? A team led by a player that has the most kills in the Overwatch League has gone through, <laughs> I think, three Grand Finals now. Yeah. Uh, not least a one-season Grand Final. Always came close, semi-close to winning it, or one... <laughs> boy! <laughs> 36 days, dude. Like, this is... Yeah, I don't know. It, it, they feel like full teams, time. too. Like, they feel like it, this isn't just like a prophet and like his sidekick, Hureg. You know, this is this is Carpe and look at EQO's performance. This is Sparkle and look at Xe's performance. Like, these aren't bad rosters. Like, there's not like much you can nitpick with these teams. You look back at some of the history and you're like, well, you know, Hureg, he tried. More of a widow player. So, like, his tracer wasn't that great. Prophet did a lot of the heavy lifting. Jester was there. You could kind of pick apart that roster, right? Like, we're getting to a point in the game where it's getting tough. It's getting tough to just, like... I, I can't describe it any more than, like, picking it apart. Like, And that's where I go, like, are we in, like, a different state in the game in terms of, like, the level of difficulty just based on the talent? Does that make sense? Like the talent, like the game is so hard now for a number of reasons, including how good some of these players are. So I, I kind of put more weight on some of these games that it's like, dang, like. It's hard to win right now. Mm -hmm. It's hard to win for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons definitely, I think, is the, the difficulty in terms of like how stacked some of these teams are, at least at the top. Not so much at the bottom, but. Yeah. Do you know what is kind of funny, though, is that uh, there is a world in which uh, Paris could have gotten knocked out by the fuel. Uh, I, I mean, don't, there I don't, is you don't want to hear it, but it's an unlikely world. We'd agree, we would agree with that. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, so you had fielders sleep dart on yeah. Watchpoint Gibraltar that saved the map for them. So then you go <laughs> two to two and then you bring it down to a map five and with, with Dohan DK, I like, on what, what map five would be uh, control, right? Control, and they and, got slapped and they, too yeah. low, but it could, it's a different map. So it's a different map, but still, like, there's it's not that not completely out of the realm it's of possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Just unlikely. The team that won the NA bracket also loses yep. to Dallas Fuel if uh, Fielder doesn't hit that sleep dart. Yeah. I just watched the last fight of uh, Paris against Eternal. How does Philly use that fight? Paris against wow. Eternal. Paris, Paris Eternal? Paris, 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 sorry, Paris Eternal. Fusion. Yeah. Like, Carpe gets the pick. Yeah. Why can Exe just, like, ghost walk in the back line, just, like, veining, like, tumbling around, just, like, killing... Uh, Look at Curie the fight before free. that. He was just yeah, on yeah, the flank. Yeah, I saw that. Like, the Widow flank, and then EQO clutches it, who I think... If if we were mature enough to be able to pick like a true MVP, I think EQO is the MVP of this entire series. I think this kid had a fantastic performance all series long. Mm -hmm. Like 
incredible. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was on the losing team. Mm-hmm. I think performed better than anybody on that server, genuinely. Even Sparkle? Yeah. Mm. I think across like the yeah, entirety of that. the maps. I, I uh, hate that, but I don't hate that. Yeah. I, I think this is I one of those right. moments I, yeah, I where you could right. give him the MVP. I would give him the MVP and he's on the losing team. That's how well I think he played. Damn. But yeah, yeah. I think it was like a last minute. Again, like this sounds anime, but I, I think it was like just a last minute like switch up. XE plays the flank a little harder, finds that opening two fights in a row. You can't adapt in two fights, right? Like does it on McCree, does it on Widow. It's the same thing both times, different sides of the map. And you catch him. Sometimes you just catch him. Mm. And uh, yeah, it just it just felt they should have won the fight based on their yeah. uh, numbers advantage and not totally astronomical or disadvantage. I, I felt like that's a fight in their favor. And then Axie just like came from behind and nobody really paid attention. And it was nope. weird. Sometimes yeah. you just sneak in a little cheese and uh, you, you, you hide the McCree, you hide the Widow, you know. Um, kind of analogous to what Shanghai tried to pull on Blizzard World, hiding on the vending machines, right? Like, sometimes you just hide them. Sometimes you just get one by them. In the, in the grand finals, it's risky. It's that, that uh, the line between, what is it, uh, bravery and stupidity is, is fine. Maybe they just scout it and kill him and they just win the fight easy, but... I don't know. They had Paris had the, the, the presence of mind to, to pull it off. And yeah. What do you say? Other than it was fantastic to watch. I th- that was special. That Those last few fights were just special. EQO with like the 3v1 blade. Like, mm. how can you not like applaud that? Mm-hmm. XE trying to like, even like moments before that, getting the double Spider headshot. Spider stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, and then the McCree, like, that might just be the best game of all time. Genuinely. Well, difficulty magic moments big plays level of like skill could just be could just be i i think damn. i need to think on that more but strong contender damn. special game also of course like absolutely incredible the, for the fact that like not only did they play back-to-back games and it's <laughs> like london spitfire season one-esque yeah. like dredge of a an experience but it's also that fielder played in the middle of the night this boy had joe type of sleeping like uh uh sleeping rhythm um i saw my fellow degenerate 12 yeah i saw the happiness in his eyes but his face was dead by the end of it that was yeah. kind of like the fun dynamic, just like seeing everybody in the Paris Eternal like jump around and like be happy, and he's just like, ah, we did it. I'm happy. <laughs> I, I get to sleep. I get to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. what was it, 15 games or so? 13? I don't know. A lot of games in a row for, for this team. And yeah. yeah. Special game. Special game. On ping, like chat saying. Yeah. I, and Fielder was on 200 ping. Yeah, it's just, it's like you you can't really apply much more weight training weights to this kid, right? Like, no, no, no. everything is going against him. Like, ten million games, three a.m., two hundred, two hundred ping, hours and straight. you guys are six stinging, sticking. Like, that's that's what it feels like, right? Like, yep. I don't know. Paris, I, I I kind of hinted at this on Twitter, like. 
the landscape could be changing. We could be seeing an upheaval here um, with with how drastic I think the meta is going to be or how sh how the how big the shift is going to be away from what we've seen. I think like a new archetype probably comes up um, and, and trumps a lot of this like kind of slow pokey style. Granted, it's really not that slow with Genji, but yeah, I don't know. I think things are going to get shaken up a lot and I think Paris is like really catching their stride. So I don't think anything's for certain coming into the countdown cup and the qualifiers. It's also this is this is just hundred percent the announcement of a new, like phenomenal coaching staff. There's no yeah. question anymore that Paris Eternal, based on especially how people like uh, Nico and Ben Best played, how they now have become a champion, um, how how hard these players have improved. Like someone like FD God becoming like going from really dodgy break performances to like sick great performances yeah. um this I mean, you is... want to talk about most improved yeah ben worst to ben best yeah ben best is is that <laughs> big genuinely... shout mm. absolutely in there and he's a champion now yeah sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you didn't think ben worst was ever to hit right nah Maybe at 6 a.m. Hi, Jaws. Yeah, maybe. But that's that's my that's that's my life, though. Like, it's just a perpetual state of sleep deprivation. So, energy and I hate to do this, but yeah. we don't have a lot of time. We have to talk yes. about the Asia bracket. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's talk about the big ones here. I think the first one is. Excuse me. I need. There we go. The first one is probably um, NYXL getting rocked by Guangzhou 3-0. Yeah. I figured that'd be closer, but I don't think it was that spread. Yeah. I thought it, it would have been... Like, I I already saw the week beforehand. I felt kind of cheated by Asia being so uh, slow. To the meta, mm -hmm. like I saw, like oh, Eileen against Huxal, that could be a sick Genji duel, and yeah. it was kind of delayed. And then even then, uh, NYXL that did a bunch of weird stuff, and it's like, uh, it's uh, it was unsatisfying to be honest. Like I, I thought this could have been a way better final than it ended, uh, or sorry, semifinal than it ended mm -hmm. up being. Yep. So, um, yeah, kind of sad. Um, uh, on the other hand, like charge, this is charge meta, yeah. and interestingly, this is charge meta without Nero. Uh, without Nero, yes, uh, yeah. This is, but that's the that's the scary thing about this team, and I think like makes them a good team, is that with Nero, you can see them being good across a number of metas, like without one week hero pools, without you know the the severity of that chaos. You give them two weeks to perform or to kind of refine something. I think this team gets it done. They have all the, the right pieces to be able to do so. And I think they have for the most part. Um, I think Asian generals just kind of looked a little weak, at, not to charge his discredit, not to say that like, oh, well, you know, we somehow hand wave away this this title win. No, this is they, they beat the best team. And yeah. in a very not convincing way, but yeah. strong way. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can stop, you know, forgetting about the charge and just, you know, writing them off. Like this is a good team, probably the 
I'd say the only other good team. The only other good team in in Asia is the Dragons. You have two good teams in Asia. Yeah, I I think you have a lot of good teams, but there's only one that can hold a candle to the Shanghai Dragons, apparently. And I'm not convinced yet. They got to display that to me. Uh, over a bunch of metas that they're capable of doing this so because i feel like to a degree again you made a uh, due to eileen's propensity or like give sure. on that hero um helped them out a little bit uh nevertheless of course an amazing performance and also like as long as we don't ban sigma krong is going to be a nutcase yeah that's a problem this, i i think he's the best uh sigma in the overwatch league Period. Yeah. I don't think nice. there's a better one. I, I can't think of it. Uh, what are the other names? Like, well, I'm not gonna lie, Hanbin was kind of clean. <sighs> Hanbin did look good. Yeah, but not not Krong. Krong, I think Krong is the best, but like there are a lot like below him though. I think eh, Choi was okay. I think Choi has been good, but I don't know. He still does some goofy stuff sometimes. I think also like just like it, the style of Sigma that you currently need, which is a little aggro and just like yeah. also does a ton of damage, really suits him well. Mm-hmm. Where it's less about like only utility denial, but like actually uh, doing serious and also showing up on the kill feed and whatnot. Uh, anticipation and how how you use the accretion, especially in the uh, in the Sigma one v ones against um, what's the shift called of Sigmas. Uh, yeah, I can look. Oh. Uh, chat. What's it called? The shift, the, the matrix. Kinetic grasp. Kinetic grasp, yeah. yeah. Nobody has ever said that on cast, probably. Um, yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, this, this kid is nuts. Like, <laughs> shield that's, management that's a- also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, just shuts it- down these big cooldowns. Let me throw this at you. Is this another one of those times where flex tank is probably the most important role and nobody sees that? Like we thought about this, right? Like I, I know uh, Fredinho asked Captain Planet if they had s- like statistical uh, insights into the importance of Sigmas in the in the success of a team. Mm-hmm. I test wise, I I think we're close to where just like Sigma to dictates pace so yeah. much. Yeah, and I would say so. There's so much outplay potential on that character, and it's so multidimensional, arguably more than ever D.Va ever was. And if you can command that, it's also like, it's really hard to play around these windows and shield manage around them. Um, so there's, there's a ton to consider and a ton of angles to cover and a lot of awareness to gain advantages through. Like if you have that awareness, and to a degree, I would even argue that uh, this may be like Fury not having that awareness in that final moment in that final. Uh, and to be fair, he was looking into a window as well. So maybe I haven't, I, again, I just watched the clip. So I don't yeah. know what, what the situation was. But yeah, these situations is like, I think this is, there's so much clutch potential for a Six Sigma. And um, it might just be in the specific meta, uh, in this specific. Genji mana, where that's important. Um, um, I have to really think long and hard and watch a bunch of um, footage to rethink this in terms of um, how this this looks in Tracer Ash. 
Yeah, I think I think I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that so far in the history of Overwatch, Flex Tank is the most important role in the game. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not I think over the course of the history of the game, Flex Tank having a good Flex Tank, which again is tough to to read, quantify, mm-hmm. and then get the most important, and then a small jab to Yiska or a toss up. Is that final play our orange marmalade? <laughs> oh, the, uh, that final play, no. But the, you know the AQO play is... Uh, okay, fair enough. The or- orange I'll take marmalade. that. I'll take that. And for those that don't know, or- orange marmalade was like in World of Warcraft 3v3 arena. Basically, once someone died, it's over. 100%, 95% of the time. Unless you get a counter kill very quickly. So what happened in that was... He, they traded and it was a 2v1 and he somehow miraculously just like the opponent misplayed it but un- in unprecedented fashion he actually wins the 2v1 and they win the series based on that and that had never happened and afterwards I don't think in uh, WoW Esports has ever happened again it was this ridiculous and made huge gaming news around 2010 yeah. definitely yeah. one of like the legendary esports plays of like any game it's yeah. pretty special. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I think he won on damage, right? Like, wasn't that like a stipulation? Like, the arena timed out and like ESL had it like you won on damage done. I, I don't think... Th- maybe? I'm not sure if he killed one. Maybe. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was just a special play. And I think that like we'll remember the eco or the EQO 3v1 as, as like a special play. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I guess we, we got to speed it up a little bit and say <laughs> Soul once again, like, whole Playoff Soul! <sighs> yeah, get? Ha- half the game. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this team, dude. <sighs> I'm... It's... it's the... I, I stand by what I said. I just said it wrong. This, what do you say? This team, like, Playoff Soul does well. Until they, don't they don't play regular season. I, I mean, you ran into the Dragons. Like, that's a tough ask. Like, yeah, but that was a different team that played London. Sure. They look good. Yes. And then they were a different team that played the Dragons, and which got <laughs> slappity slept. Slappity slept, boy. Like, this wasn't the close, close uh, soul that showed up against Titans and no. Bay Melee. No. So. But I think I think they do step it up in the finals or in, in the playoffs. Let's say when 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 you put when you give them something to play for, they they play up to it. Sure. Slippity slip. Um, Spark, not a good team. Oh come on, dude! Spark. What the? It was not so good, good until it wasn't good. They were so good for like a day, and they yeah. beat up on the New York Excelsior. Who, let's face it, not the same team. I'm again. I'm gonna continue beating that drum. But they also when you beat up charge clothes. Sure, I guess. Like I, that again. That speaks more to me than the New York game. And I still think that people are like, "Oh, they played New York close." Like, no, I think this seems bad. The worst part about this is is that they are currently like, if we still, and I'm not sure. Like they, I don't know why we don't know if there's still a play in and how they will be determined or if you were like oh, by the yeah. way just just something to keep in in the back of your mind this is the cdl have just announced that they are going to have uh, online yep uh yeah. playoffs so this is probably also in the cards for overwatch 
unless there's like a huge break where everyone somehow miraculously can travel to Korea, quarantine for two weeks with practice yeah. facilities already set up where they can quarantine. Everyone gets to practice. They and in that that case to probably cut down on the on the uh, logistics, it wouldn't increase the size of people in uh, in playoffs. Yeah. Or play-ins, it would decrease the size, and maybe we would have wider ranging play-ins to mm. decrease the amount of uh, teams that would be able to travel over, or whatever it is. Like, uh, I I don't know. I'm just speculating. Honestly, haven't heard anything. That's just the only thing I can think of. Because honestly, it, I mean, let's be honest. It would feel kind of a bummer if we were not to be able to uh, see these two regions mess with each other at all. I would understand it's we're in a global pandemic. Yeah. But if that was at all possible, that would be super awesome. Uh and in that case, we would probably not see the same structure of like top twelve is playing right. um that we saw last season. Mm. No, it's interesting. We'll have to see. Um I do apologize because we're kind of I, I want to talk so much more about the Asia region, but we just are out of time today and normally okay. we have plenty of time but uh we don't have it this time so uh apologies for cutting it a little bit short um we'll see what we can do to make it up for you uh we're gonna get out of here uh again I, i'm sorry for the this a hard stop but we gotta go uh big thanks to our patron producers Battle Crab Pin, Lotion, Charlie L Audio, Compass, Pork Chop, Savvy, Kosh 67, Kushi Kopi, Shara Picasso, Nathan Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Refine Bean, Rex Zane, Roger B, Fabled Steven, Owen, Chris R34444, and Yiska is holding me hostage. Please send help. Uh, if you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Big thanks to our newest patron, Voyager OW. Patroned during the show. Uh, appreciate you a ton. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, you're the best. And we've got some new subs and bit donations, don't we? Yeah. This is who you live, like more. This is where it comes down to. Oh, then Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, so new <laughs> subs, we have Captain M. Kirk. We have Chris R34444 with 10 gifted subs. Thank you very much Boom. for the big support. Uh, Ashador Hunter Tain gifted five subs. Thank you for your big Boom. support. Uh, Sigilus, Suds and Bubbles, Skeptical Cly, Porksharp Sammy, I am KJ, Katie, friend of and wife of the host of the show. Very um, good friend of the show. Very, very good friend. Uh, 100 bits from her. Uh, Asaror? Asawar? With 200 bits. Thank you. Sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, Quiznos Bears gifted five subs. So thank you for your Damn. big support as well. Voyager OW, obviously now patron and new sub. Thank you. Uh, Fredinho, Beast, 1482, B1111123B. Thank you for your numbers. And uh, Shrugzix, Peggy, and Sparky Shocker. Sparky Shocker. All new subs along with the gifted subs. Thank you very much. Hopefully you got hit with one of the gifts. If not, you can go on iTunes, drop that five-star iTunes review. It helps us with the discoverability and whatnot. So do that if you don't have any cash. Uh, big thank you again, uh, a ton for this, uh, the support on the stream yes. today. Uh, insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, Y'all are so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no new five-star iTunes reviews this week, but if you like the show, want to support, uh, don't want to pay any money and don't have a Twitch Prime, 
two awesome free ways to do it. Number one, tune in for our live shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon. Twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Friday is spike drop. Monday, Wednesday is tactical crouch. Otherwise, leave a five-star iTunes review and uh, we will read your name on the next show. Um, okay, really quick. Joe, shout out to the week. Where can people find you? Go. Uh, right in Paris t- tomorrow. Uh, eras and timelines. And then Eileen, bye. Sweet. Uh, Yiska, what about you? Go. Uh, uh, scary stories and about the number four, as well as I wrote about rookies, as I t- talked about. And if you want to find out, well, the description of rookies kind of problematic and should be disregarded and what other issues there are around that structure stemming back to uh stability of tier two which i'm also going to interview people on based on the report i did on friday because apparently we now we didn't like stable matters now we don't like stable teams for some reason amazing um yeah check that out on gg recon all right, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, twitch.tv slash kick tripod, youtube.com slash John Horstman, and uh, twitter.com slash kick tripod. Nothing new coming out, um, but we're doing the show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you all again. We will see you on Wednesday for our just kind of catch up show, catch a breath show on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be live at noon again. It'll be noon, not 1 30 this time. So, noon, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.